We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to the first postseason edition of the DTF podcast. Yes, it is the Doster, T.O. and Fanta podcast. It is currently 10.08 a.m. Eastern time on Monday morning. And this is the first time that we've had a chance to really sit down and chat since the Final Four, since the national title game, since UConn got one, two, three, four, five, number five, their fifth national championship. Rob Doster here. I got Terrence Oglesby. I got John Fanta. Um, and before we get into all the stuff that's happened, guys, I just kind of want to, we haven't really had a chance to sit back and reflect. And and the one thing I don't like about the way that the final four kind of works and the way the NCAA tournament kind of works is that we're going balls to the wall, 100%, four hours of sleep a night, doing what we got to do. <laughs> for basically a month and then all of a sudden it just stops cold turkey and i feel like i never get a chance to kind of look back and put everything that we just saw into perspective so to all due respect i think we got to go to fanta first on this one we got a big east team winning the national title we got uh the big east making the biggest splashes in the non-conference uh so fanta two weeks out from uconn winning their fifth national title when you look back at what this team did, what this team accomplished, uh, and how kind of a roller coaster season they had, where put this in perspective for me. Talk about it and what you think about this team now that you're kind of looking back on. Well, I think back to June 2019, when at a press conference inside Madison Square Garden, University of Connecticut, their logo was on the ceiling of Madison Square Garden in the lobby area. The ceiling is a huge video board. And the UConn logo is there with an X. And the Big East logo is there. And you instantly say to yourself, all right, the Big East means business. Going after UConn. And so does UConn in basketball. Connecticut is reinvesting in that whole blue blood identity. Because frankly, it had gone away. The reason why we had this whole debate and 
and hot topic question for a month was because it was in such a dark place. UConn basketball was in a, a, a darker than normal place for a program that's supposed to be at the stature that they're back at now. And what this program has done since coming back into the Big East, uh, when you look at the wins that they collected in the league over the last three years, when you look at the level that they were hitting, there was one question. There was one question. Will Dan Hurley break through in March? Can he win the big games? Once he won one, it was as if the floodgates opened because he won six. And what this team showed is that if you invest and buy into, not buy players, buy into your top core developing, and you believe in that, and you say, we're going to build around that, and we're going to identify transfers who fit in the right spots, there's not an exact science to it. There's a method to the madness. And not every case is the same, but that it can work. And the fact is, UConn said, we're going to buy into the fact that Adama Sonogo is only going to get better. It's going to level up. We're going to buy into the fact that Jordan Hawkins is going to become a great player. We're going to buy into the fact that Andre Jackson will work through his mental hurdles of the shots and his offensive game. We will move him around. We will make adjustments because he is the epitome of a leader. And we will build around that with impact transfers, a couple of freshmen who exceeded expectations. That's what this program did this year. And their level of dominance. Don't talk to me about who they played, who was on the other side. March Madness is the wildest postseason in sports. You the only person not- talking about that is Jeff Goodman. And you, you can just <laughs> ignore that. That's He's the only guy talking about that. It's, <laughs> he's it is not. Right. But the point is, what a run. Uh, And they have reestablished themselves. And here's the thing, Terrence. There is zero sign of this freight train out of stores, Connecticut, slowing down. No, not at all. And especially with some of the guys that got coming back, there there were times during that run where Donovan Klingon was the best player on UConn. And there were times where he would play seven minutes because Adama Sonogo was so freaking dominant. Now, they do they do lose some pieces. Obviously, Sonogo is very focused on the pro route. Uh, who knows what Jackson's going to do? I've been out of the country for a couple for a week, so I'm not I don't have any updates there. We don't know. Uh, Hawkins is gone. There are going to be pieces missing. However, that recruiting class coming in uh, a lot of different uh you know, ways of going about the transfer portal, which nobody's quite figured out, but you just kind of get guess and check. You remember guess and check, like when you were in third grade, you'd always hit the guess and check button whenever the teacher said it. But then that that's kind of how it is with this portal. There's no exact science. Sometimes you're going to hit the lottery. Other times you're going to waste $200 on a slot machine, hoping to hear the word Buffalo. You never know, but th- that's another thing too. Uh, but it, it comes down to uh, are, are by the you- way, can I just say something? I love I love that you said that um, you know you were you were out of the country for a week, and yeah. so you don't have any updates on that. Like I almost need a an hour long show of just you telling us updates on everything that happened over the last week. Yeah, <laughs> I think I it would nothing. all end with it's amazing. <laughs> Where I were put you? my phone down. Where were I- you? Went to the Bahamas, baby. Come on, what are we talking about? You didn't notice, Greg. Waddell, whenever he said, there's some media members that go to some tropical destination. Did you well, see you that? Do. 
Yeah, he, you that's do what he during said. the battle. Yes. Were, were you going on a site visit for the battle for Atlantis next season? Were you that's checking what out I was the ballroom just, to I, make sure I, the yeah. I was checking everything out, making sure everything was good. That that's exactly what that was. Uh no, but another thing is uh vacations are not for you, they're for the kids. One hundred percent. That's a fact. One hundred percent. Oh come it, on! My, There's my, nothing my, more exhausting than taking two kids on a vacation, Fanta. Let me tell oh, you. Come on. There is absolutely Fanta? nothing more exhausting. Fanta. We're gonna uh, re- we're gonna revisit in about six years. All right. We're gonna revisit. So this is completely off topic, but this is what we do. Um, my wife has a conference for her job down in Disney in July, and what I'm trying to decide right now is if it makes sense. For me to take both the kids, she'll be down there for a week. Hotel rooms paid for. The room is like on the Disney properties. So it's like the perfect time to be able to go down there and take the kids to Disney. But here's the problem. I'll be doing all of that by myself. Yep. All of these theme parks, doing all of this stuff by myself. I don't know. I don't know if I'm prepared for that. T.O. I don't yeah, know. I have, to, I have to go. I'm going down to Statesboro this weekend because my, my wife's in a... a uh cattle cutting competition <laughs> so <laughs> so i'm uh i'm uh watching both kids uh in a barn while the while my wife will be cattle cutting so that'll be that'll be interesting and it's so in and of itself so let's do three men in a cradle in disney this july I'm down. If you want to do that, Fanta, just so you can get a sneak peek, I will meet you guys down to Disney and I will drop yeah. my kids off with you for two hours. For two hours, Fanta. Well, where are you going to go? I, I'll just sit back and watch. Anywhere I'll have else. Foot, foot literally distance. anywhere else, Fanta. Like he, he just doesn't. To yell, he'll, he'll learn. He'll learn. 100 foot he'll distance, learn. Fanta. I, like I'll keep an eye just to make sure the kids don't drown or something. But like other than that, I'm going to let you have them. <laughs> We'll just wow. see Here's, how that goes. A little Bomani Jones. Bomani Jones has a saying where he says, "Listen to me now, believe me later on." And Fanta, listen to us now, and you'll believe us later on. Yep. <laughs> Wait for it, wow. Fanta. It's so never not, about you anymore. So who needs Peach Jam? You're going to Disney. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing: like a lot, I'll talk about a lot of assistant coaches, and especially younger assistant coaches when they're out on the road and they have kids, and like you know they'll have a newborn. They look forward to going on these recruiting trips because it's the only time they get to sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it'll only be six hours of sleep, but it's more sleep than they'll have in the previous two months since the baby was born or whatever. You'll yeah. see. You'll we'll see. Get there, Fanta. All right. What were we talking about? We were talking about UConn. Talk about UConn. What is UConn, this mean to you, Rob? Trans, like UConn, freshman, moving forward, yada, yada, yada. Uh, outside of that, the, the other memories of the trip, the barstool kerfuffle was uh, to be remembered. I think a kerfuffle is the perfect way to put that because I'm not sure who was fighting who at one point. <laughs> I was talking to a couple of guys at their, at their company. And they were just like, we don't know what to do. And I was like, I don't either. Am I fighting too? We don't know what to do. Are we fighting? Am I, am I part of this? I'm not a part of this. I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm not joining this kerfuffle. So that was memorable. Uh, all the cool venues that we got to do shows from. Uh, that, that was a lot of fun too. Those last, that last day where we, in between <laughs> games, it was a Sunday where we did the morning show. Bayheim showed up. The Yukon chant started. Oh my God. Doesn't like, he was great by the way. Uh, and had him come on and <laughs> they're chanting Yukon and he walks up there and a, and the Yukon fan tries to shake his hand. And then right when Bayheim reaches, <laughs> <he> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hits him with one of those that the, the, there's no love lost there still. Uh, that was a cool venue. And then 
Fanta and I go to dinner, we come back, everybody's still there. Nobody's left. <laughs> it was yeah, such a cool video. Nobody's changed. left. Everybody's been playing a dodgeball. What is it? It's it's like beer pong, but from like trash buckets. Yeah, you got trash cans, you got kickballs, and you play beer pong. Yeah. Uh, with that. Tyler Hansborough had a uh had an epic um ping pong tournament, beat the brakes off Goodman, beat the brakes <laughs> off uh Greg Waddell. And left there, and, and he walks out. So you guys were there for this. He walks out, and my man is, like, dripping sweat. It's, like, the kind of thing where his shirt is completely soaked. He's got, like, sweat dripping off his nose. You could see, like, the the pool of sweat starting to form at the top of his jeans. And he's like, yeah, I, I'm going to, going to a dinner right now, so I'll see you guys later. Like, <laughs> You're going like this? Man. He's like, yeah, what, what do you want me to do? I was like, all right, Tom. He's a menace. Good yeah, luck, man. Good luck. No, it was uh I I thought it's gonna be fascinating to me to see what happens with this program moving forward, right? Like where who who are they able to get in the mix with now? UConn, like, UConn, yeah, UConn. UConn. Like what yeah. what prospects are they gonna be able because they're already getting like five star kids out of Georgia, right? Steven Castle coming right. in from 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 Georgia. Good player. Uh, the solo ball kid coming in from Baltimore. Um, like they have it's going to be very interesting to see where they go, specifically in terms of next year. Like we talked about this a bit at the Final Four, the the Sunogo Klingon one two combination was never going to be more than a one year experiment, especially once we realized how good Klingon was. Right? If those two were not going to be in the same front court again next year, I do think it's going to be interesting to see what what they can do with like Klingon and Samson Johnson mm-hmm. as their one two because I know that staff is incredibly high on Samson Johnson. Uh, I, I also think it's going to be very interesting to see how they, uh, if Andre Jackson decides to come back, which is like, I think much more likely than people realize, like that dude loves college and loves UConn, but he also has a chance to, you know, be a top four. If he goes to the NBA, he's going to be getting guaranteed money flat out. He's going to be getting guaranteed money. Um, whether that's as a late first round pick or as an early second round pick, he'll get guaranteed money. I don't know how you play him and Steven Castle together or Stephen Castle together. Because they're both kind of like the same dude, right? So that'll be interesting to me. But um, I, what's more, what I think is more fascinating here, and it's kind of a bigger picture, Big East topic, is that UConn went all in on basketball, right? They went to the AAC because they were chasing that bag. They were chasing the football money. They were doing all, the thing that all of the teams uh, that were basketball only or that that were basketball schools in the Big East in that first breakup, they 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 chased the bag. They chased the money, and it right. didn't work. And they came back to the Big East, and they went all in on basketball. And the Big East Conference overall has gone all in on basketball. And I think over the course of not only this season, but the last like three weeks of the offseason, I don't know if there's been a, a league that has had more hype, more intrigue, more interest than what has happened in the Big East, who has gone all in on basketball. While everybody else is is leaning into football, they're trying to become the basketball conference, and it's working. And uh, I'm just curious, like, where, where do you – are you guys a fan? I, I love it. Are you guys a fan of that? Do you think it's going to work? Do you think it's it's something that is sustainable in the long term? I, I just – I I love the idea of having a league that is built around just basketball and only basketball and then adding Rick Patino to it and adding the Georgetown versus Providence intrigue and, you know, adding the – uh, what could eventually be a Seton Hall versus St. John's kind of an intrigue. Um, I don't know. I think it's a great thing. Fanta, we'll go to you first on that. Well, look at the names that want to be part of it. Look at some of the coaches who have entered the league. 
because yeah, you're you're getting nice offers, but you have offers from all over, and you know, th- these are guys that that are saying, yeah, I, you know, I'll I'll go and be part of the Big East. Think about this, guys. This comes from Paul Frischner, who does a great job covering the Big East. He covers Xavier quite a bit. Big Paul. He said, he said this uh, last night. Entering 2021-22, Big East coaches had a combined 56 NCAA tournament wins. Jay Wright had 30 of those. Entering this upcoming season, 2023-24, Big East coaches have a combined 130 NCAA tournament wins. That is close to a 100-win margin that's been created. And Jay Wright retired. That's the wildest part about this. When Jay Wright retires, the instant thought is, how does the Big East carry its weight? How do they continue to be on the level that they've been on, at least having one of the elite? Well, Jay Wright retires, and it's almost like everybody else saw that as, here's our opportunity. Here's our opportunity. We've got to, we got to capitalize. Guess what? Everybody had the same idea, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And this league has made massive moves in the last year. And yeah, I think that Sean Miller says, I'm really happy in this basketball league. I get to be the mayor. I get to be the king of the hill and savior. Shaka Smart is totally being the best version of himself at Marquette. And T.O., you could speak to that, just how comfortable he is there, yeah. how much how much he loves it. Greg McDermott was a name. He was a name that, that people were talking about that could make a move. But talking with Max Staff, now they made a deep tournament run, so things change. But, like, you talk with Max Staff, and, and they say he he loves being the guy, too, in Omaha. He loves being the guy that, that people talk to and love. So it's this is a league that the programs who are in it, basketball's not just a part of them. It's the fabric of the university's DNA. Mm. And now all of that mm. investment – has led to success and timing is everything, right? You've got to be able to have groups of teams also win because if the big East has five NCAA tournament teams, but four are out by the end of the first weekend, we're saying, yeah, good league, intriguing league made additions. That's the thing. While Rick Patino was coming to St. John's while Ed Cooley was moving within the conference, which is a, that's the most massive off-season coaching move we've seen because of the amount of ripple effect it's had in the league and bad blood it has established. Providence and Georgetown now genuinely hate one another. Just check Twitter to find that out. <laughs> but the last thing is the league was collecting tournament wins. The league earned itself. You said, Rob, is this sustainable? It's sustainable if you win in March. And the league collected well over $30 million for itself off of this NCAA tournament and had two teams in regional finals, was this close to having two in the final four with Creighton, but they won. They won. You know the other part of it level. is not the, the real quick, the money part, Fanna. Um, you don't have to to reveal any inside info on this one, but that TV deal is coming up and all of the intrigue and all of the uh the buzz, all the people paying attention. You want to know how to keep this thing really sustainable? Add a add an extra 10%, 20%, 30% on that that television deal. Right. Bump it up a little bit. Get a little bit more money. Make some more money. Get these schools more money coming into their pockets, into their programs. That's how many, how many, how many years are left on that Fox deal? Two, right? Two years. I'd be trying right now. Mm-hmm. If I were Val. 
Yeah. And not just right now. You say, just look at, look at, look at the numbers that we're going to get. Look at the attention that we're going to get. Look at the boost that you're going to get for next season, because you know, it's going to be there. The growth is going to be there. It's going to be there. It's going to happen. It's going to be there. It's going to happen. And it is happening because you strike when the iron's hot and the iron is red hot. But I just think, I think it's really interesting that the iron is scalding hot because a year ago at this time, there was a high level of uncertainty around what this league would be. Even Mm -hmm. coming into this season, we were like, yeah, we'll see. And honestly, the league had a true bottom. It did. I mean, there, there were some bad teams in this league this year. Uh, I know you're laughing, but but yeah. Well, I'm I'm just laughing because the team that you, both of you guys predicted would be the breakout team in this conference is the team that you're referring to. Georgetown, the DePaul Blue Demons. Oh well, I don't know if Terrence. <laughs> hey, they hey they they uh they made it to the Big East quarters. They came very damn close to making it to the semifinals. Hey, but see, but you know what I was telling I was, I was telling a story to someone about you the other day, and they were like, "What?" Huh? Does CL really work that hard? I know. I was like, listen, I was on the beach in August, right? On family vacation. And I get a text to my group chat with T.O. and Fanta. And what it says is, you ever watch film under Paul's Caleb Murphy? That dude's a pro. And I stand by that. In August, my man is watching film and texting people about a DePaul basketball player. And you want to ask if T.O. Crines? That's that's Tio right there. I'm, hey, if that kid doesn't get hurt, their season's different. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah, Anganda like, doesn't get hurt, their season's different. I feel like they've been saying that, saying that for quite some time. Well, I don't the know. I, I'm thought, not privy to that. I'm not privy I, to that. But the but last thought on the Big East, the last yeah. thought on the Big East that I have is this: you know, you know, in, in college hoops, everybody knows that guy. That's like, well, yeah, it's not the same. Like, you know, uh, I remember 2001. Like, I watched every weekend. You know there there are those people out there. Like, doesn't the Big East remind you of your of your fandom as a child, or you know what I mean? Like, the Big East is old school. It is again hoops programs that are fully invested in hoops, and it 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 it's just it's like that bar at the corner where you know what you're gonna get. Well, you know what it is. You know what it's it is, John. Lunch, it's it's, a, it's the Big East is a lunch pail league. Yep. Yes. You better bring your lunch pail because it doesn't matter who you're playing on a given night. Like if no. you don't bring it, you're going to get one, you're going to get beat up. Two, emotionally, you will just get driven into the floor. You better bring your lunch pail. Yep. And everybody it's not, knows your it's name. It's not just that. It's not just that. Like you have you you have the big programs in the SEC and the Big 10 and the Big 12 that are continuing to grow, right? And are continuing to drive more of a basketball fan base presence. Like Auburn fans have been really, really good, not just for Field of 68, but there's like a bigger fan base than I think people realize. Same with Alabama fans, same with Texas Tech fans, same with Purdue fans, right? You have all these people that are kind of, as their programs are kind of growing to a level that has been that is unprecedented, you have a bunch of new fans. They tend to be college kids or recent grads that still love their school, love their program. Yeah. With the Big East, specifically programs like Georgetown, Programs like St. John's, programs like UConn, programs like Providence. There's a level of like, there's older fans there, right? There's a different generation of fans that love those schools and love those programs and identify with those programs because they were good when they fell in love with the sport in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. So you're not just adding fans. 
you're not just creating a different dynamic. You are bringing in people that maybe wouldn't be watching college basketball. Otherwise it's like a different demographic. Right. And, and that's just, that is a good thing for college basketball overall is that you're bringing in people that fell in love with the sport in a certain era that maybe are like, Oh, wow. Georgetown and St. John's. We're going to have that on big Fox and it's going to be a game between two potentially top 25 teams. When was the last time that happened? That is a great thing for college basketball, point blank period. And and I'm very happy to see uh, the Big East getting there. Let me ask you this, T.O. Is the Big East now the best basketball conference in college basketball? Yeah. Results-based, yeah, it is right now. UConn won the national championship. Marquette's top five in the country going into next year. Right now, it is. 11 teams. 10 of which will be really, really good next year. And when I say really good, not really, really good, I think Seton Hall will see what happens there. But, like, I think DePaul's the only one that's just kind of bringing up the rear. But, like, and Butler. I got to see what I got to see. So, so sorry. Butler's got to prove it to me. Butler's got to prove it to me. Yeah. Yeah. One through nine. One through nine. That is a league that, um, no days off. There, there, there aren't three or four teams at the bottom that, that you just have to walk over. Yeah. And, the Big 12 will learn, could learn this. It, there's two sides of the coin, right? You want more teams. It elevates potentially the amount of teams you can get in the NCAA tournament. But uh, sometimes more teams can equal some teams that bring your weight down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Big 12's adding quality programs. It will be interesting to see how the how the new look uh, Big 12, particularly this season, right? Because you still have Oklahoma and Texas as a part of the league. So it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But you asked the question, is the Big East the best basketball league in college basketball? The question, the answer to that question is yes. Yes, because when you look at the the, the biggest thing to me, it's a league that has always been defined by high-level personality-driven coaches. Mm. Look at the coaching group. Look at the NCAA tournament wins. Mm-hmm. The fact that in a game between St. John's and Xavier, let's be honest, the past decade, St. John's and Xavier playing was like, eh, it's okay. Like, you know, okay, Big East game. The fact that that's going to be Rick Patino versus Sean Miller, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Now I have to watch the game. Yep. Yeah. Because, and it's not just the coaching matchups, it's because, you know, those dudes are going to make those teams be good. Like St. John's is going to be good. They're going to be a tournament team. I'll, I will. I will. Uh, I'm not going to bet my life savings, but I I feel very comfortable about saying that St. John's will be a tournament team next year. I think I feel very comfortable in saying that Xavier is going to find a way to be competitive at the top of the big oh, yeah. next year. Right? They'll be a top 25 team. I feel very comfortable saying that within three years, Georgetown is going to be a top 25 team, if not next season. Look at the pieces that they're adding. Look at the pieces that they are. Uh, still being connected with Providence Kim's got, that, Kim, Kim's got that thing going man like not only like Devin Carter I think will play in the NBA Bryce Hopkins I think he'll play in the NBA he's very good they're still linked with some big name transfers that are in the portal right now and watch out for Jaden Pierre even though he couldn't beat Kim one-on-one to be able to get his uh his 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 full release. He's going to be very 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 good. I know Kimmy's high on that dude. Big personality. Got, big personality that kid. It, and Maybe they got that. Garway Jewel. Providence is cooking. I mean they they have it cooking. They are going to be yep a top twenty five potential team next season. 
All right, so let me let me ask. You I just love. Can I can I throw one yeah, more? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The, the coaching dynamic between like when St. John's, an old school, kind of, how do I do this, say this eloquently? Like old Rick Pitino, hair slicked back, big time suit, mm-hmm. new age Kim English comes in to a place where Pitino was at. He's getting all these kids. He's playing them one on one for their eligibility and like all that shit. Like there's just. There's so many cool yes. dynamics to the league, and so like it's a guys, it's a it's a story writer's dream league. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's a story writer's dream league. The focus is on what it needs to be focused on. <laughs> it's it's awesome. Yep, I can't Don't wait. Forget about Villanova either. Yeah, who got a couple of good ones? Villanova. Who got a good one? TJ TJ Bomba, pretty, pretty good player. Pretty good player. Yep. Good player, good addition. Uh, and they got Justin Moore back, which is probably the single most important thing that they could have done. Um, all right. So where do you you know what? Let's 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 pivot here because I, I do want to talk. We we've we've kind of tiptoed around it, right? The transfer portal, NIL, the new era of college basketball, free agency in college basketball. Um, it's I like that there's player freedom. I like the the idea of player empowerment. I do think that there needs to be some sort of structure in place. I hate the term guardrails, right? Guardrails makes it, excuse me, makes it seem like you're kind of limiting these guys. And I don't want to limit these guys, but I want to be able to create a structure where it's not just an absolute free-for-all. There is no sport. There is no profession on any level that is as much as a a free-for-all right now as the college basketball transfer portal and NIL era is. So, T.O., I'll go to you first on this one, man. There's... Is there a change that you can make? Is there a way to streamline this process? Is there something that you would put in place to provide a little bit more structure, uh, maybe create a little bit more incentive for guys to be able to come back to school? I, I just, I think that there's ways to make this so that it operates a little bit better than what we're currently doing. What, 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 what's necessarily wrong with what, what's going on? I, I, I don't like how, well, so let me answer this. Let Get rid of the collectives. Get rid of the collectives. See, I I disagree. What I would do is allow the cre- the the collectives to be able to negotiate multi year contracts of players. Right. I think the but biggest that's issue not, that's not that's not name, image, and likeness. That's pay for play. Yeah, and I have no. I mean, we can call it what it is. Right. Like, but we're, we're but but, but if you, I, I'm not I'm not against kids signing multi year deals where they have to give some money back if they don't fulfill their deal. I'm not against that. I no, see, I don't even think it's 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 giving money back. I think what you do is you the problem right now is everything is basically like you can sign multi-year stuff, but everything is basically one-year deals because there's no way to create like a an opt-out or a buyout, right? It's just that's not the way that these these contracts and these deals work. And that's why everyone is getting in the portal because they're basically operating on one-year contracts. And if you're operating on a one-year contract and you have a great season, there's no reason why you shouldn't. And there's the, why well, you shouldn't just get in the portal and see what other options are out there. So instead of pretending like this is all just NIL stuff and this, these, these collectives are uh, just paying players for their name, image, and likeness. And because of uh, the fact that they're brands and the blah, 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 whatever it's, it's pay for play. We know what it is. It is what it is. I have no problem with it. Let's lean into it and let's allow these collectives instead of having to go straight through the school, allow the, the collectives to be able to um, put together multi-year yep. deals where you have something like, Okay, if the player wants to, uh, you signed a two-year deal, right? You're coming in a freshman, you signed a two-year deal. Uh, after your freshman year, you want to transfer out. You have two options. Um, you either sit out a year or you pay some of that money back as a buyout, the same way as any contract, right? Same way as any deal. 
where the coaches, if they want to get that player out of the program and they want to run them off, which is probably what like 30 to 40% of these transfers in the portal right now are, uh, you know, they got to, they got to pay half of what's left on the, the second year of that deal, right? Create an incentive for guys to want to stay for multiple years because the, as, as good as this stuff is, and as, as good as this is for content and look, we're in, we're in the middle of April right now and we're doing weekly shows based off of stuff that's happening in the portal. Like it's great for the co- the people that cover the sport and content. It creates interest further into the year than we normally would have. Um, but the one knock on it is you, you kind of lose that ability to identify with the players as a fan, right? And you want to be able, it's, it's great having these guys come back. It's great having Hunter Dickinson. It's great having Armando Baycott. If Oscar Sheway returns, it's great having him back. Right. But being able to have guys stay in one place where they're there for three or four years, where I'll just revert back to UConn because it's the easy one. Fans identify with Anamba Sonogo and Andre Jackson and Jordan Hawkins because they stayed there for multiple seasons and they won them a national title. Right. They brought the program back to prominence. Anamba Sonogo is going to go down as an all time great UConn Husky. He just will. It just is what it is. He stuck with that program. He had opportunities to transfer out. He didn't take them. And now he won them a national title, Final Four MOP. He's going to go up on the wall. He's going to be an all-time great UConn Husky forever. He'll never pay for a meal again in the state of Connecticut. Um, And I just think that when it's so easy to transfer after one year that you lose that part of it. And I think that that part of it is important to the sport. So creating incentives where these kids can still get paid. I'm not saying don't let them get paid. I'm saying pay them, but create a structure where – the incentive is to return to school instead of the way that it's set up or the incentive is to enter the portal and because everybody's on a one-year deal. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. it, it does make sense. And I think along those lines, here's my take. High school recruiting's got to matter again. It will. Again. Mm-hmm. It, it eventually but, will. I think the extra year, once, that's, once that garbage is done, you want to talk about a mishandling of that. Oof. Understood, but... There's no question that right now you're asking, well, where's the second stop? Uh, rather than thinking about what the first stop is for a lot of these guys. Because the first stop is is either the, the stepping stool or, in other cases, it's the launching pad. Uh, because mm-hmm. there's, no, there's no incentive to staying around uh, for the most part for these guys whether they flourish and then are looking for right now, you've got guys that are making the sweet 16, the lead eight that are transferring that are transferring. If Ryan Nemhard comes back to Creighton, we're talking about a team that, that could win it all. And, and look, there's more to the story there and, and, and he's going to end up somewhere out West, but like that, that to me, is that great? Is that a great thing? Or if he come just like to your point, if he comes back and Shireman, Baylor Shireman's coming back, does that create more of, oh, yeah, I identify with this team or, or like, yeah, I'm familiar with these guys. They, they're they running it back again. That Anytime you run it back, you have developed that following. People identify you with that team. They've, they've come to identify Hunter Dickinson with, with Michigan. Now, some names are bigger than their school, like, and, and that's where the portal's interesting because you know what happens? Rivalries are formed. If it's intra-conference, enemies are formed. And you get those types of social media comments like when Naheem Malin 
says he's going to St. John's, and Tristan Newton comments on his Instagram and says, now I can cook you like I said I would. You know, that that creates some fun buzz because they were teammates at UConn, and now, you know, people are thinking, oh, is Newton coming back? So you've got that, but I think... And real quick to add to that, it also creates national storylines, right? Caleb Love leaves North Carolina, it kind of takes him to the national title game, has a bad second year, leaves North Carolina, and now he's going to Michigan. And it's like, what will Caleb Love be? What is North Carolina? Like, you get big storylines. So it's it's not it's not like a bad thing from a content perspective, but just like, I do think that being able, like it's, I think Ryan Emhard's the perfect example, right? I understand why he's considering the schools that he's considering, but if there was an incentive that made it so that coming back was the better option, financially no matter what happened i just think that those are things that would uh that would make the sport better from a fan perspective while also making sure that these guys are getting their market value does that make sense yeah and and terrence you played so rob you played too but but terrence (laughs) i'm also two and oh against to and shooting contests remember that two and one two and one i'm sorry two Two and one Two and one, and you're not, and you don't exactly play big boy ball. You just play little kid games. No, that's not true. I got the video of us in the Moody Center. All right, you get one shot, one shot. You getting lit up? Did you lose? It was a one shot situation. Bring your shorts next time, Doster. I'm not taking no for an answer. Did you make your shot? Huh? Did you make your shot? I just got off a six hours worth of plane. So did I. All I hear is my my thing is blind squirrel. Blind squirrel. <laughs> My thing is, Terrence, is that what I what what I think is key with this trying to keep somebody around for two or three years. Look, you're not trying to pull hair. Like we're not trying to say, let's lock in a kid and make him stay at a school for two or three years. Come on. No, that's not what we're doing. But like for me, Terrence, I think these coaches are constantly battling to the nth degree. All right. I, I did get this top 50 freshman. Oh, my donors, my boosters, my people around me are like, yeah, you want to run a great program? You got to bring in the four or five star kid. You've got to bring in that kid. Well, yeah, I do. But college is a transition for everybody. Right. And so I think these coaches have never battled more before of, all right, what do I promise this kid? What do I promise this kid? Because I know I can get the fourth. Or f- if I'm good enough to get a top 50 kid, then I'm good enough to get the, the fourth or fifth year kid that's helped winning. I can get him to my program too. How do you balance all of that and keep the freshman understanding of the bigger picture in this current climate? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You don't. Yeah, that's... that's I've talked to several assistant coaches, or a couple of head coaches text me when I was in the when I was on vacation and they were just like, I'm not, not going to comment on the portal. We're just recruiting kids so we can get them on the comeback. <laughs> like, wow. like we're just recruiting wow. kids so we can get them after they leave these high majors that they're probably not good enough for. Crazy. And, yeah. and, and therein lies, uh, Rob, you know what comes to mind then for me? And, and I know I'm, segwaying half segwaying so you could you could take the car and back it back up but like this is why this is why i'm really fascinated because terrence the question i just asked you about the freshmen coming back as sophomores that's why duke could very well be the front runner to win the national championship because right. they actually have that mm-hmm. when you get yep. the guys coming back like and that, that's a perfect segue for uh who Kermit the awesome. frog just enter this zoom yeah, it's the the allergies are killing me. So I got I got, <laughs> I got the uh, the 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 snuffles stuck in my throat a little bit. Um, so yeah, Duke, uh, you're you're exactly right. That is that is a perfect example of where NIL can be an absolute difference maker for a program because you know Duke's got deep pockets and they're going to find a way to make sure that these kids are getting something there, getting a little bit of money. And uh, we deep pockets about, and nice places to live. Yes. And Tio, Tio, we talked about this. <laughs> They've been living in nice that. joints for a long time. <laughs> you should give that. Ooh, getting spicy. Um, the, come on, Terrence. The, 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 no, no, no. They know. Come on, Terrence. So here's here's why it makes sense, and here's here's why I love it. Let's just say Tyrese Proctor and Kyle Filipowski, right? Both of those yep. guys, if they went pro this year, would probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of I like in a best case scenario, late first round pick, most likely probably an early second round pick. One of these guys that gets like a three year deal with a year and a half guaranteed, right? Something like that. Or a year guaranteed and a second year partially guaranteed and a third like a team option for the third year. Where you're you know you're gonna make about a million dollars off of it. And if it goes well for you, it could end up being like a three million dollar deal. Something like that. Right. right? That, that that's kind of what the guys in that range end up making. Um, Duke can give them enough where you're making a good percentage of that money in terms of a guaranteed salary. I'm just going to call it a salary because that's what it is in NIL. And if you improve enough and all of a sudden you become a top 20 pick, then you have a four-year deal that's worth 14 million guaranteed. Then you have, let's say Tyrese Proctor has this massive breakout year that some of us are expecting, AKA me, and he becomes a top 10 pick, right? Then all of a sudden you're looking at having a four-year guaranteed deal that's like 28 million, 
something like that, right? That's where the incentive is. And that's why I love what Duke's been able to do. And that's why I think you got to find ways to make that be the norm as opposed to uh, being the outlier. Does that make sense? Incentivize it so it's that way, T.O. Uh, yeah. All right, biggest winners I'm not of the mad that. Hey, one, one more thing. I, I really want I, I want the NCAA to, to really jump on this one-time transfer, second-time set-out deal. If you're able to do that, I think it it helps some things. Yeah, I it, it's just a matter of they don't they've never really shown the audacity or the intestinal fortitude to like put the hammer down. They need looks to like that. they're leaning into it this year. Except yeah. like it's the unless you're a grad transfer, you get you're you're sitting out that second. Even transfer. the grad transfer thing, like guys are grad transferring three times. Like, come on, how many masters that, degrees? Are that you has that, that has that has all. That will stop once this fifth year thing stops. Once we get past the fifth year, that that that's the big. But here's thing the thing: that. everybody graduates and everybody graduates in three years anyway. So, like, I, I just mm. if you graduate in three years, though, then um, yeah. then you're getting your fourth year as a new at a new program. Which, like, okay, I get it; it is what it is. But right, um, all right. So let's let's talk about biggest winners of the offseason. It's got to be Duke, right? Duke. Yeah. T.O., T.O., I'm going to you on this one. You're the ACC guy. Yeah, Duke. What do you, what do you Gotta expect? Got to be thrilled. Got to be thrilled with Filipowski coming back. I was a little surprised that uh, Mbako decided to get out of there because I thought he fit right into where Derek Whitehead left. Like, I was a little surprised. There. I didn't think he should have done that. Like, what? Why would you? Why would you leave? You slide right in. It's, it's easy pickings at that point. I, I mean, I realize they got some other good players coming in, but he's just such a quality shooter that could fit alongside what they already have at the one, two, four. And I guess they're trying to recruit a five right now, but like he fits right in there. I didn't, I, I was a little bit uh, shocked. I'm curious to see where he ends up, but it, with Filipowski coming back, I'm assuming Roach comes back. Like, where's he going to go? Like today's NBA, He's not going to be a high enough draft pick where it's it's that's going to be a huge issue unless he wants to transfer. He's not going to be a draft pick. That's either. what I'm saying. Like it doesn't it, like he needs to come back. Proctor's back. Filipowski's back, and then they got some guys coming in that are still going to be really really good. It, I don't see where they miss. I don't see where they miss right now. A, a, a quality defensive five man. I know they're involved with uh, Caden Shedrick a little bit. Virginia transfer who for whatever reason just couldn't stay on the floor at Virginia. Um. Like he, that he would fit that mold of kind of a lively, you know, live body, block shots, long arms, disruptor defensively. They're going to be really good again. They're going to be really good again. And that train, that Shire train, I'm telling you, it's stopping for nobody. The guy's, mm -hmm. the guy is really sharp. And here's here's the best thing about it. You mentioned the guys they got coming back, and you mentioned a couple of five star freshmen. I think there's now four or five star freshmen he's got coming in. Those guys aren't going to be playing major minutes right off the rip. Mm -hmm. They're probably going to be some of those kids that end up playing uh, a lot as sophomores. And once you can kind of build that continent, the most important thing, continuity, getting old, staying old. And I think that Shire's got a system in place where he's going to be able to do that. Because, I mean, if you can make sure that those kids, uh, those sophomores are getting paid well enough or they're not making a financial decision to jump off to the NBA, makes sense. Well, another thing, too, like, well, we got two more years of this COVID nonsense. Like, if you're Something able to get – yeah, if we're able to get five-star kids like to come in consistently and have them sit for a year and then just say, hey, guys, just you don't have to be 24 years old after this COVID nonsense is done. Like You could be sophomores and juniors and be national championship favorites. Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah, my big off-season winner, if it's not Duke, it's the team that they're going to be playing November 14th in Chicago at the United Center in the Champions Classic. It's Tom Izzo and the Michigan State Spartans. Izzo, with backcourt experience, with a team that tasted some NCAA tournament success and was right there, was right there and got beat by Kansas State in an epic game, that's the fuel that they need all offseason. That's why these guys are saying, I'm coming back. I think we can win it all. Tyson Walker. Tyson Walker changed Michigan State for the better this past season. He is a cold-blooded shot maker, playmaker, killer. That kid makes winning plays. You have A.J. Hogar back. You have Jaden Akins, who I thought, I thought Akins late in the season really stepped up for Michigan State. Mm-hmm. So you've got... You've got the whole backcourt intact. The issue for Michigan State all season long was eh, what what are they going to get from their front court? I mean, Mati Sissoko tried to hang in. The fact is, it was a struggle bus at times. But enter in the nation's eighth ranked freshman, Xavier Booker. And you can just tell Tom Izzo cannot wait to have him in the equation. Enter in eighth, according to who? Eighth according to who? Because I've seen him first. I've seen him second. Well, he's he's eighth according to 24-7 sports composite okay. ranking, which is a compilation of every ranking You're right, right. that then they put together. Okay. okay. If he's not eighth, there you go, T.O. You've got him even higher than that. Yeah. So that answers the question, right? Uh, Xavier Booker's going to come in and, and impact that program in a big way. Michigan State can win it all. Can win it mm-hmm. all. And I think... That is a really great storyline for college hoops heading into this year because, Rob, you said it, brands, names, faces. The fact is, Tom Izzo's not getting any younger. And don't you feel like for his career, for his journey, all the Final Fours, like he could hang it up now and go down as one of the greats ever. But what would a second national championship 24, almost a quarter century after he won the last one. Oh, by the way, won the last one in the Big Ten. What would that do? What would that mean? It would mean a ton. Michigan State is not only really talented, fellas, they are compelling. They're Mm -hmm. a compelling team, and they can end. They can end the Big Ten title drought. And not only that, what I did learn, we talked about our other experiences at the Final Four. Don't you dare doubt Tom Ezzo. Don't you dare doubt nope. Tom Ezzo. Not at all. Now, I like the pieces. I, I also like guys, you know, people talk about Xavier Booker, the guy they need to be talking about. You, you know, it's going to take him a year. Jeremy Fears, yes. the Fears point guard kid, like he's that's a tough sucker. And well, I, is, I, I, that's another perfect example of guys coming back and five stars that maybe have to to uh, stick around Mr. Fears. Don't go anywhere. Stay there. Stay at Michigan State. It's going to be the best possible scenario for you. You, If you're going to play your freshman year, but there's going to be times where you're going to get frustrated. Just stick around. Stick that one out. You're you're going to be fine. You know what I love about the way that next year is shaping up? Look Hmm. at the brands that we have that are sitting at the top of the sport, right? I I don't know if Duke is going to be the consensus number one or not, but I think based off of everyone that I've talked to at Field of 68, like they've they're the preseason number one team, it feels yep. like. Michigan State, another massive brand, has a chance to be a preseason top two team. Uh, Purdue, 
assuming they get Zach Eady back, which I think that they're my gut says that he's probably coming back, especially after the last season ended. And if they can add one more like good quality point guard from the portal, uh, you're looking at a team that's bringing back the preseason national player of the year and like every important piece. Um, you look at uh, a program like Arkansas, who is just adding everybody out of the portal, right? That's another big, super online fan base, which is really good for the field of 68. I'm not going to lie. Um, Kansas, there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to be great again, uh, especially if like, just imagine, imagine, put this thought in your head, guys, Hunter, Hunter Dickinson, Dickinson at the five there. I have no, look, Hunter's playing that very close to the vest. I have no inside info on that. All I have is what I can imagine and what I'm hoping will happen because if he ends up there, uh, he might average 23 and 12 in that league yes. next year, right? So it's, it's and Izzo knows how to Izzo knows how to play with a big five in modern basketball too. Like he's yeah. shown that with with guys that weren't he's won a national championship with a five man that wasn't near as good as Hunter Dickinson. Bill Self, you said Bill, Izzo. Bill Self. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Bill Self. You know what I mean? Yeah, Bill. Yeah, Self. I know what you mean. I just wanted to just wanted yeah. to put that out there. So I I'm already fired up for next year, fellas. I'm already ready to go. I'm juiced. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. Juices are flowing. You're right, and it's and it's almost as if. All the talk about is this collection of final four teams an aberration or a one-off or all that. Let me tell you, we don't know what next year holds, but these blue blood brands are making damn sure that they do everything in their power to show that it was just a one-off. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, listen, guys, we've been here for about an hour uh, it was great to catch up with you again. It was great to talk college hoops on the DTF podcast again. Uh, I don't know what our schedule is going to be for this for the off season. Uh, there will be some. There are going to be weeks where it's uh, we're not we're not jumping in here. But uh, I always love chatting with you guys about hoops. So for Terrence Oglesby, for the legend John Fanta, my name is Rob Doster. We'll see you guys again at some point during the spring. Fanta's juices are flowing. Yes, they are. <laughs>